Welcome to the Heritage Church Podcast. My name is Blake Williams. I'm one of the pastors here at Heritage Church. And today I am joined by our fearless lead pastor, Jason Fisher, who just returned from his sabbatical. Jason, say hello to the folks. Hello, everybody. Thank you for your kind introduction, Blake. You're uh, so very welcome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to be back here in, uh, in front of the microphone. Yeah. Well, we wanted to get Jason in front of a mic uh, on a podcast where we could debrief a little bit of his sabbatical. Uh, one of the things when I first came on staff a couple of years ago that I was passionate about was making sure that Jason Fisher and Jason Williams both received a sabbatical. Both of them have been in ministry for over 20 years uh, without that break. And I was granted a sabbatical at my previous church and was a very life-giving uh, and very good time for me uh, personally, uh, me and my walk with Jesus, uh, good time for my family. And so I really was advocating for these guys to get it. And so uh, I want to ask Jason a few questions about your sabbatical, um, but I also want to just start by kind of creating a, a baseline understanding of what is a sabbatical? Uh, why do we do that in the church? So I'm going to let you talk about that uh, and how you and the elders kind of discuss this idea of sabbatical. Yeah. Well, uh, if, if there's anybody out there listening that's like maybe not even heard that word necessarily, it does come from the concept of Sabbath in the Bible. Um, although it's interesting, I'm hearing more and more about companies in the marketplace who are giving their people sabbaticals. Mm -hmm. And it just means it means rest. It means to, to kind of disconnect from the normal routine and work of things. And so in the Bible, you hear about a Sabbath day. Uh, or even Sabbath years, uh, but uh, when we talk about sabbatical, it's a it's a, a, a limited amount of time to just get away, primarily for rest and um, recharging and reflection. Uh, different different pastors use and churches use sabbaticals differently. Some churches use it as a way to kind of free the pastor up uh, to do some writing or specific reading that has uh, a particular ministry focus or whatever. So it's like a change in pace. But then other churches, the sabbatical is like really just to unplug, not have to think about the day-to-day -day stuff of ministry and really just not think about ministry per se in, in like that specific sense of the day in, day out until they get back. And that's more of the sabbatical that um, the elders have given Jason Williams and me in the last six months. Um, so Jay was gone for three months and then I was just gone for three months. And um, it really is, it's, it's awkward to talk about a little bit, like because uh, everybody's job is hard, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, and, and so I, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm here like defending why I get a sabbatical and most people for listening sure. yeah. do not. Uh, and so I'm super thankful, right. For that, for that opportunity. Uh, I recognize that what I got to do, a lot of people don't get to do. And so, um, I don't, I, uh, I didn't go into sabbatical like, oh my gosh, if I don't get this sabbatical, I'm going to quit or I need to, I need to go find myself again and decide whether or not I want to keep doing ministry. That was not the reason for me going on sabbatical. Which is important to delineate because a lot of people in ministry or at churches have that perspective because that's what happens to pastors a lot of time yeah. is they get close to burnout and as a last ditch effort, the elder board will say, we'll give you a sabbatical, we'll give you some time to rest and reflect and do the things you need to do. And then they bring them back and they throw them right back into 
the same mess that they were in yeah. that led up to it. That's and right. that was not the case for you or for Jason Williams. Yeah. And, and unfortunately the other, the other thing that, you know, you come up against is you've got pastors who then take that time away as an opportunity to go apply at other churches or find a different job. And that's, that's, that's pretty awful in my opinion. And, uh, super so, awkward. Yeah. Really aw- awkward and awful. And, uh, certainly didn't do that either. Good. Uh, in fact, the Lord really used the sabbatical to just reaffirm my calling as a pastor and here at the church. So, you know, as a, a, in any kind of leadership, especially um, including pastoral leadership, the job kind of never stops. Um, a lot of a lot of jobs you can sort of clock out, clock in, and and leave it at the office. Um, not every job, of course, um, but but certainly that's true of pastoral ministry, and. Um, that just uh, you know the the burden of that accumulates over time. It's a good burden, but it's you know, it's what we're called to do. Uh, but it accumulates over time, and um, especially you know honestly after the last after twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, and we're still kind of in the wake of that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of going, you know what? I'd like I need to like I need a reset. I need to like just take some time to um, just be with the Lord and be with my wife and. And uh, recharge that way. And so that's what we got to do. Yeah. And I think one of the best ways we heard the the 2020, 2021, and even 2022 timeframe kind of described was this idea of cascading crises. Yeah. That we'd get our head above water for a second only to be hammered by the next wave. And I know for you that was was a burden in, yeah. in a good way. Again, talking about the burden of being a pastor, it's not a bad thing. We don't say that in a negative light, but just the reality of we're carrying everything that everybody else is carrying because we're trying to carry that with them and yeah. shepherd them through that and help them through that. And in some ways, we don't get to share that with other people. Yeah. So in carrying those burdens after a while, it just, it's really tough. So getting that break is really helpful. Yeah. And in no way do we want to come across Blake and I, like we're complaining or anything like that. Like we know what we signed up sort of. And we love what we do. We do. We do. Uh, But there's also reality. Like we, we did have to make a lot of decisions over the last couple of years that were really tough decisions to make ones that a lot of people didn't have to make. Uh, And then we had to figure out how to lead people through them and help and, preserve unity. And that was exhausting. Yeah. So I, w- I would say that is an area where I, I, um, I think we were in a smaller group of people in our world who had to make those kinds of leadership decisions and, and, um, and then figure out how to lead through it. Yeah. And at a much deeper level too, you know, it was interesting part of the problem that everyone ran into in leadership was no matter what decision you made, 50% of the people were going to be upset. Mm-hmm. And, being in a position where you love 100% of those people yeah. that you were upsetting half of them was just challenging. And so shepherding and leading through that was, yeah. was a challenge. So yeah. one of the things that I, I shared was you get to this point of decision fatigue because you know that no decision you make is going to be universally popular or accepted. And it's really hard to, to kind of shoulder that. And so even relieving you of that yeah. uh, for three months, yeah. my hope was that that would yeah. give you some time to yeah. just reflect and rest and not feel that burden, which I, I hope happened. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I didn't, I didn't realize this going into my sabbatical, but, but now being back from it, I think there is a, an effect where I've kind of tasted it, you know, like the Bible talks about rest in such profound ways. I mean, the Sabbath rest is meant to 
really draw us into deeper communion with God. And it, it looks ahead. The Bible talks a lot about the Sabbath rest. It looks ahead to the new kingdom when we're going to be with God in that, in that eternal rest and restoration we have with him. And so when we engage in rest, um, it's a, it's like a foretaste of that. And it, in, in a way it's a, it's a, it's a regrounding sort of a recalibrating of our hearts and minds, uh, to become more aligned with God's heart and mm-hmm. his mind. And so I have this, what I'm getting to is I've come back from it, able to be like, Hey guys, like church, I know we can't all take a three-month sabbatical, but we can probably take an hour a day, or yeah. or we could take a day out of the week. And and here's why. And I've tasted this, and this is this is this is a good thing. So, I think that's a that's been one of the effects of it for me is uh, just shaping a little bit the way that I talk about rest and the importance of it, um, and and figuring out for myself even like okay, there's some principles here. There's some things that I that I really really loved about this. And the reality is that we have to work. Like mm-hmm. we all have to work and it's a good thing. That's a creational thing. God's given us that. Um, of course, our work has been affected by sin in the world. And so it's not always the best thing, but we are to work, but we're also to rest. And so I'm, I'm one, you know, I'm just really wanting to go, okay, how can I, um, implement some of these principles that I've been reacquainted with over mm. the last three months of sabbatical in my day-to-day life, in the in the midst of the busyness of family and work and church and, and just life, how can I continue to implement these things? And because I think it's an important part of our discipleship and following Jesus. Yeah. And those are things we're talking about as a staff too, of how do yeah. we integrate some of this silence into our day and some of these routines to still ourselves before God to hear from him in the midst of that, that busyness of stepping aside and taking Sabbath, whatever that looks like. And even on a a daily basis, kind of slowing down. So I think that'll be good. Yeah. Well, I want to get into some of the things about sabbatical. I would love to hear maybe your top three things uh, that you did during sabbatical, some of the experiences you and Shannon made. So, had. I like talking just like fun things or, or whatever you whatever, want. Choose whatever. your own adventure here. Okay. Since you you chose your own adventure for the last few months, just keep the train okay. rolling. Well, the uh, if you ever heard of Maverick gas stations, their breakfast burritos are amazingly delicious, uh, which was sort of a a fun little. Um, this is number one. This is the first thing you mentioned. <laughs> no, coming back it's from a not. three months about no. where you visited I multiple a, states and I spent time with up. family. <laughs> We're going gas station breakfast burritos. Hey, I mean, some of y'all know where I'm coming from. Like it's you know, you're on the road and you just you just want a little taste of home. Maybe. I, I feel like when Ben listens to this, he's yeah, totally probably. gonna get you. Our our youth intern no. could talk about food ad nauseum. So. I, and you know what, Maverick gas stations, they're not even paying me to be here right now and say these things. Well, we should probably look into that. We probably should no um certain no that that would that's a highlight though uh okay. but it's not it's not in my top three um I, I would even struggle to like say like gosh these are like top three things that we did but I'll, I'll tell you some of the things that uh a lot of it was just being with people uh mm-hmm. that just was super fun it was it was just a great for shannon and me to get away together and so for the first probably week and a half it was just the two of us on the open road. Yeah, yeah, you guys put a lot of miles. Of New Mexico. We did. I think we put over 5,000 miles on our on our car. Gross. Five or six, yeah. 
uh, New Mexico, and uh, I'm sorry if anybody is listening from New Mexico, but New Mexico's weird. Also a little bit gross until you get into Santa Fe. <laughs> then it just gets weird. Uh, so we were up in Taos. There was a mountain there I wanted to climb, so that was fun. So Shan and I got some good time together, um, just the two of us. And then we joined up with some friends and then family, and that was great too. Uh, my parents live in Spokane, and my sister and her family, her husband and their kids. And uh, it was cool. It was, it was really fun for me. My dad and I uh, connect easily. He and mm-hmm. I are very similar in a lot of ways. We enjoy the same activities. So you hiking. do the same job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my dad's a, a pastor right now at a little church up in Spokane. But we hike together, and I mean, he's still an animal, you know. When it can, we were, yeah, he's just, a beast. Yeah, just hiking up all, all these crazy mountains. Um, but also, I wanted to like be really deliberate with my mom, and that was fun too. Uh, we baked together. She uh, she taught me how to make this old family recipe, uh, this Christmas bread called Stollen, uh, that isn't everybody's jam, but I love it. And uh, do you eat it with jam? Is it no, that type of bread? No, you don't eat it. I mean, I guess you could eat it with jam. I like it with just butter on it. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's definitely very German. Uh, it just the name gave that away. Yeah. 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 It has stolen my heart. Uh, <laughs> dad jokes. Did you yeah, learn some of those from your yeah, dad while cooking sure, with your for mom? For sure, of course. Pretty solid. Yeah. And uh, so that was great, you know, and uh, and baked and cooked with my sister as well. Um, we took a, my mom and my sister and my niece and I, we took a, a watercolor painting class together. Oh. Yeah. So just that kind of stuff too. Um, my dad has a wood shop in his garage and so uh, worked out in there as well. Um. So just a lot of it was, you know, there were days where it just, there wasn't a whole lot. Like I would yeah. go out and, you know, I don't know, cut a few pieces of wood and then come in and read and, you know, whatever. But it just was really, really nice to to just slow down. Yeah. So I think the slowness, the, the slowing downness of it was great, but then also kind of mixed with the adventure and um, you just... Uh, going out and being in the mountains, I'm so I I, I just really feel connected to the Lord in mm-hmm. the mountains, uh, and I th- I think that's a real thing. I think we all have kind of those those things where I don't know for whatever reason there's just there's just places that we are or things that we're doing where we just really feel the closeness of the Lord. Not that He's any closer because He's always close, but we feel closer to him, right? Yeah, the ways we connect with him. Gary Thomas talks about that in Sacred Pathways, just okay. the ways that we're wired and yeah. how certain people it is outdoors, other people it's via study, other people it's through their senses, and he kind of digs into that. So you, yeah. you very much have that outdoors. You experience Jesus in that place. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that was cool, and I and I love that too. Like it's And I, I love the grandeur of it, but I also uh, I notice... This is silly, but I, that's not silly. I notice leaves, um, flowers, even rocks, like as you go, go along, like things just catch my eye. And I think because of where I, my heart was already in my mind with sabbatical and just this overarching concept of slowing down, I even found myself doing that on the trail, Mm. which was really cool uh, to experience that and, and to, I don't know, just see God in the in the mountain range, but also in the articulate design of a leaf, for yeah. instance. So 
Um, and that really does, for me, it gets back to really who I am and the way that I enjoy creation and see God in those things and take, uh, take a lot of delight in God through the big and the small yeah. that he's made. And um, so that was really good for me, too, is kind of getting back to the person that God's made me to be in the way that I enjoy him and his creation and the people around me. Let's chase that down a little bit, because that's something that you and I have talked about since being back. You shared a little bit on Sunday about that, but just this idea of what you learned while you're away. So yeah. maybe some of those takeaways, because you talked about this idea of getting back to who God created you to be and seeing some of these areas that you may have blind spots or you may just have areas of sanctification that God needs to work out in you and yeah. how God revealed some of those things. So what are some of those things that God revealed to you and that yeah. uh, you feel you're working on as you're you're entering back in and trying to bring with you from sabbatical? Yeah. Well, I knew going into it, um, you know, I was praying before going on sabbatical, you know, Lord, what do you, is there a focus here? Is there something that you want me to really kind of think through and as I spend my time with you and joy kept coming up mm. and I'm actually preaching on joy this Sunday and uh, in some ways it's kind of a hard topic for me because there's so much there for me in that yeah. and I really do believe God has made me to just be a joyful person uh, that I, I, I love to celebrate things and I just I, I like to like I said you know, just delighting in the big and the small, it, things that seem inconsequential, they just catch my eye, and I like to um, just enjoy those things. I feel like you also like to, you like to laugh, as yeah. simple as that is, yeah. in the little and the big, that yeah. there's, there's humor in things, and you try and infuse that in the way that you teach, the way that you interact, the way that you lead our staff. I yeah. think you do a really good job of that, and that there's there's joy that comes in you in creating laughter and creating environments of joy for others. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I've actually, I was accused one time of hiding behind humor. Yeah. And I, I really legitimately don't think I do. I don't think you do. It's as it, a person who is yeah. a, a recovering person from that. <laughs> yeah. that. So my, in my childhood, right? Like this was part of one of my compensatory strategies of being overweight was yeah. I want to be the funny guy. Yeah. So like if people think I'm funny, they won't be worried about me being fat. And it's like, I know what that looks like because yeah. I did it for years. Right. I don't sense that in you at all. Yeah. So no, I appreciate you saying that though. Cause I really do. I just, yeah, I love to, I love humor. I love to laugh. Um, including really terrible dad, dad jokes, uh, <laughs> um, about German breads. Exactly. I mean, they don't get much worse. They don't No. Uh, there's dad jokes and then there's like German dad jokes and you know, they can get real dark, real fast. They can. Yeah. And if we want to talk about Krampus, we can go down a whole nother. Oh yeah. Route. No, it was Krampus day just the other day. If you, <laughs> if you don't know who Krampus, that's a, that's a correct pronunciation there. I'm sorry. Yeah. My German uh, is he, rusty because I is, He still haunts it. me from my childhood. Uh, when, <laughs> I, when, I, when I lived in Austria for a few years, <laughs> December 5th is Krampus day. And, um, don't anyway. Google that unless you want nightmares. Yeah. Anyways, back to being joyful and what so, God revealed yeah, to you yeah, in that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, going into sabbatical, just knowing, all right, God wants to just really just kind of, in a, in a way in this, I don't know how this is going to sound, but like, I just really felt the Lord just like, Hey, let's just waste time together. Hmm. Uh, let's just, let's just be together. Uh, and so really, um, attaching that to presence, just to being present mm -hmm. in whatever God has me in, um, 
you know, there's so many things that try to steal me out of the present yeah. and therefore steal my joy. Uh, probably going to talk a little bit about that on Sunday as we talk about joy, but just kind of confessing some of my own things that, that I have that steal my joy. But um, uh, really what it amounts to is being back in the present and just being where God has me right now with the people that he's put in front of me and just delighting in that. And mm-hmm. whether it's whatever we're doing is mundane or super fun, you know, or, or even hard, you know, and, and challenging and painful. Um, I think, I think joy can be found in those places too. Uh, they don't need to be mutually exclusive, mm-hmm. suffering and joy. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I suffered a whole lot while I was on sabbatical. It really was just a, a very pleasant, exciting, uh, fun time uh, just to be with people doing the things that I love to do. Um, and I think so part of that is one of the things that I did at the end of my sabbatical, I, I went away for about four days up to Denver and did kind of a spiritual retreat. And I was meeting with a guy and, and at his prompting, uh, I, I, I wrote a list of things that I value. Hmm. Like things that, that make me me. Like what is it that I really care about and value? So for instance, adventure. I just, I really care about that and, and love doing that. Like I n- almost need that. Yeah. Um, I crave intimacy. Um, in, in, in this, des- like I have this desire to just go deeper with people and really be uh, open and honest and authentic with with people. Um, and so I made this list and there's probably, there's probably about six or seven things on that list. And I look at the list and I'm like, well, yeah, like anybody who knows me would look at that and go, well, no, duh. Yeah. But it was something, there's something powerful about just writing it down on a piece of paper and looking at it and going, that's me. Yep. Like that, those are the things that are important to me that I value. Um, and God's made me that way. Um, now I could make a whole other list of maybe things that I'm good at, you know, and, and maybe I probably should and things that, that, um, or skills that I want to develop or, you know, spiritual gifts that I have. And we, we can do those things, but in that recognizing, even in my little list of things that I value, uh, I'm not someone else's list. Yeah. Um, there's so many other things that people could and would write down about themselves that weren't on my list. And so what that translates into for me is coming to terms with my own limits, Mm. uh, that God has made me to be a specific way and that the, the world around us wants to try to define things for us. So for instance, in my world, it's, this is a good, this is what a good leader is and does. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm coming to realize that, um, well, maybe I'm not that specific type of a leader, but God has still made me to be a leader, and uh, and yet I have limits, and this is who I am in those limits. Or with respect to relationships and how many relationships, friendships I can maintain at one time, or even just in my day-to-day capacities of concentration and tasks. And I mean, you name it, you know, you you start, we have limits. And again, as like, so elementary as this sounds, I have to be reminded that I have those limits because I want to be limitless. Um, I may not say that ever because that sounds ridiculous, but I act as though 
the things, the way that I, the way that I um, live my day, or uh, the things that I say yes to, um, and then of course that then translates into um, my desire to not want to disappoint anybody, mm-hmm. and so part of that for me is learning how to disappoint people. But just recognizing, you know, if we're all, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm an instrument in a symphony orchestra, I'm a violin, and you're a cello, then I'm not going to try to be the cello because I need to be the violin for the symphony to work. Right. I got to be the violin and you need to be the cello and, um, we can't be everything. We have limits. There's a limit to what a violin can do and a limit to what a cello can do. But if we're all doing those things, we're functioning in this really beautiful mosaic and tapestry that God has created and designed and of course, the Bible talks about this. Yeah, it's almost like that one guy, Paul. Yeah, yeah. weird, right? It's super yeah, weird. Yeah, um, but again, you know, I'm I'm still like coming to terms with that reality that I, I just I have limits uh, because in my core, I don't want to disappoint anybody, mm-hmm. uh, but I can't be everything to everybody. Yeah, and I'm actually going to uh, thrive more embracing my limits. Yeah, I think one of the beautiful things in pointing that out. I mean, this is new knowledge to me. So dear listener, you are learning along with me. I haven't had this conversation with Jay yet, but writing out that list of who you are and the power of seeing that one is in looking at, these are the core things about how God created me to be, but also identifying in this last stretch, just say this last two years for round numbers, there's probably areas of that that you've slipped away from and you know, some things that have probably been superimposed on that list by other people or by who you thought other people needed you to be. Yeah. And so in identifying that, being able to say, if I'm ever feeling the pressure to remove one of these things or to change or modify or replace one of these things, I need to ask the question, is this coming from the Lord yeah. or is this coming from the pressures of other people or outside influences? And yeah really spending that time with Jesus to make sure that you're staying true to who he created you to be yeah. uh, and to fulfill your role within the body. Yeah. It really is easy to get away from that. Like, yeah. because so for, you know, if one of them, one of my values, the things that I really care about is adventure. And for me, that equates to getting out into the mountains and exploring and stuff. It'd be really easy for me to go, well, actually um, setting up meetings for this Friday and, you know, meeting with people and having coffee and having those those interactions is more important. Um, if that, if I keep saying that over time, I'm actually denying myself mm-hmm. uh, or a piece of myself. And so giving myself permission to say, I mean, obviously, um, not talking about crisis situations or yeah. you know emergencies, but like going, no, you know what? Planning a day for me to go up to Flagstaff and hike around the mountains is just as important as the sanctioned, you know, tasks of my job, like meetings and sermon prep and so forth. Yeah. Um, I think another way that it gets, so one of, one of my, one of the things on my list is I'm, I just like to, I like to play. Uh, I'm a a playful person. I like to, um, and it comes out sometimes in, I just, it's fun to annoy people, you know, (laughs) you ask my wife, but it's all very, it's just, it's playful stuff. Like I just, I like to be goofy and I like to, um, yeah, just, just play around. And the world could say, and I could, and it does that, Hey, 
you're 47 years old, you should, you're acting, you know, like you're 14 and, um, that's not what an adult does. And, um, obviously as I've grown, I've learned to use wisdom and discretion with when that's appropriate and not appropriate, but like realizing, no, you know what, actually this is, this is, if I'm not going to, if I'm not that person, that part of me, then I'm denying myself, uh, uh, and I'm not being the person that God has fully made me to be. Yeah. So there's all sorts of ways that we can crowd out those things that, that show up on that list. So, you know, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I want to make that list, just ask yourself, what do I care about? Um, what do I value uh, and what do I desire? Maybe there's some good questions there around that. And just, you know, write out some of those things that you're like, you know, this is, and you start to see like, this are, these are at the core of who I am. Mm-hmm. And so it was, yeah, it's really life-giving. That is really awesome. Yeah. So a couple more questions. I want to stay within our time constraints here, but was there anything unexpected that came out of your time? Um, I think uh, unexpected. I know I told you to ask this, and then and now I'm acting like it was unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. It's like this temporary amnesia that it, you're suffering it, it, from. It, it is. It is. Um, I, I don't, uh, okay. This is like, I'll, I'll be really honest. I, I didn't know what to expect as I got towards the end of my sabbatical. Like, so if you're listening, like, think about this for a moment. Like you're, you're told, Hey, you're going to get to take 12 weeks and go do some of the things that you love to do. Are you going to want to come back? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And of course, like, again, I didn't leave thinking, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be back or not. But honestly, like right around week 10, I started to be like, man, I really want to go back to work. I really mm-hmm. want to get back with the team and, and the people in my church and stuff. And so I hesitate to say that was unex- unexpected uh, because I wasn't expecting to not want to come back. But I think like the suddenness of that feeling and particularly just in the wake of like, I can, I can wake up whenever I want to wake up and I go to bed whenever I want to go to bed. And I, between that time, I can do whatever I want to do. Like right. it was, it, it was, it was uh, pretty amazing. But then there was this thing that kind of reared up in me. Like, no, I actually crave, I crave the rhythm and routine. I crave the relationships, uh, the proximity to people. Um, so, so what I'm gathering from this is what you really weren't expecting was how much you were going to miss me. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That yeah. You needed to be next door to me where we could talk through yeah. a wall. Yeah. And you guys, I walked in the, uh, in the office the first day and Blake just fell into my arms and wept. It was such a warm and pleasant <laughs> embrace that I can't communicate through the airwaves, but uh, just being held in such a way that you will never understand. <laughs> so good. All right. Well, what's one thing that you are excited about, about coming back? Maybe not one thing, but maybe there's a couple of things that you are excited other than warm hugs from me mm-hmm. and uh, a desktop fire pit and things <laughs> like that. Yeah. 
we just threw that in there. Like people are like, what desktop fire? Yeah. Don't worry about it. We're not going to yeah. set the building on fire. At least yeah. we don't think, but yeah, uh, just Google, if, Google if it, it happens, Google yeah. a desktop fire pit, you're going to want one. Uh, yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm excited to just really re-engage what discipleship looks like in our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, anybody listening who's part of our church right now, like in many ways, like I'm not, I'm, I've not come back with all these huge things that I want to do differently or change about our church, but I do have some fresh wind in my sails. I think that, you know, it's healthy sometimes to kind of step away from a project or a, or a set of projects and then come back to see it with some fresh eyes. And, and I feel that way. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, just beginning to even think through, um, how are we discipling our, the kids in our church? How are we discipling the adults in our church? And, um, and then also, you know, thinking through, uh, the impact that we as a church are, are having on the community. And, and so there's just, those are some of the things that, um, I'm thinking about, but honestly, you know, and I told you this Blake and, and the staff, like I want to, I've not come in with guns blazing or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm here to kind of slide into what's already happening. Cause you Blake and the staff have done such a tremendous job of, of leading our church in my absence and, and, uh, continuing to press into discipleship and impact and outreach and stuff. Um, and so, you know, in many ways it's like, let's enjoy Christmas. Let's, let's do this Advent season and really press into that. I'm enjoying getting back into preaching um, it didn't feel weird at all. Like, it's not like I, I didn't feel like I had to dust anything off. So that was great. It was a good feeling. Um, but I'm also excited to like, think about 2023, you know, once we hit January and go, all right, like God, what do you have for us? Yeah. I think one of the big things, um, uh, that happened to me on, on, on sabbatical is God, uh, just affirming me as a pastor and what I what it is that I need to do and be as a pastor, mm. and one of those big things is pray. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge one. Uh, pray for people. Pray with people. Um, this is probably a different topic for a different day, but like, I'm learning to be okay with being predictable. Um, I think pastors in general are pretty predictable. Yeah. Like. Britt says that about me all the time, yeah. which is good. Yeah. She, she knows yeah. what I'm going to say before I say it. And, and I hate being predictable. I don't in a lot of ways in the sense that if, if I am predictably consistent on things that I believe God has called me to, right. I think that's a massive blessing for people Absolutely. that they know. And prayer is one of those things. And yes. I, I say that because yes. I know that people will reach out to me for prayer because I have prayed for them in the past and I followed up on those things. And so that's something that people know about me. Yeah. And I think that that's a great thing to be consistent in. So yeah. I'm excited for, for you in that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just don't let your jokes become predictable because that's, that's the thing that drives Brit nuts. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's when everything keeps going downhill. Yeah. 12 years. They haven't gotten any better, yeah. but here I find myself. <laughs> she wanted dad jokes. Now she's getting her fill. At least you're consistent. Yep. <laughs> consistently bad and not funny. <laughs> That's not true. Well, 
Uh, in the spirit of how this podcast has gone, yeah. you always ha- end with a random question for people. Oh, yeah. And you didn't give me a book. And so while we were standing here, I Googled this and. Dude, you are. I Googled randomly funny questions. Okay. okay? And this one's perfect because you are a whiskey connoisseur. Uh-huh. And this was a part of your sabbatical, was getting different bottles of whiskeys in different places and uh-huh. experiencing that. And so the question is what sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? Oh, my gosh. What sport would be the funniest? Um, polo. Mm. But for the horses. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out on this. Yeah. <laughs> But you'd probably have PETA down your throat. On you that would. One. Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to do that somewhere in international yeah. waters. You know on what? A giant probably boat or something. Probably curling, because let's be honest. Like they're already, they're probably already drinking beers as they're playing that. that For that, sure. That game. The guys that are on the but, national curling yeah. teams are not specimens of athletic performance. Yeah. But then you add that to the reality that they're already trying to walk on ice, you know, and I think, I think that'd be pretty common. That would be wildly entertaining. Yeah. I think you could take this any number of ways. For sure. I was thinking about the world cup and how hilarious that would be, especially in Qatar where they outlaw drinking for everyone else. But if the players were mandatorily drunk, just how entertaining that game would be. (laughs) Wow. That would kind of be a big reversal. It really would. Yeah. And the U S might actually stand a chance. Oh, too soon. Yeah. Yeah. It was too soon. Maybe too soon. Sorry, America. I would like to say that in no way do we endorse, uh, drunkenness. No, but you know, it's still a good question. It's a fun question. (laughs) Good times. Am I right? Well, Jason, thank you for this time. Thank you for the way that you have led our church and the way that you'll continue to lead our church. We were thankful that, you got this time. Uh, we're very excited to have you back, me more than anybody else. Uh, but looking forward to the rest of this Advent season and then entering into 2023 and seeing where the Lord takes us. Yeah, me too. I'm glad. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, dear listener, until next time, we thank you for joining us on the Heritage Church Podcast, and we will catch you next time.